Today's episode of Locked On Women's Basketball is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Ogumba Wallet for the win! You are Locked On Women's Basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Happy Monday and welcome to Locked On women's basketball i'm gabe ibrahim a an analyst and reporter and twitter guy mainly for her hoop stats um and you can follow me on twitter at gabe on the short ibrahim and i am alongside our resident jim rat former university of miami center and basketball analyst galore you can find her doing the g league you can find her doing nba stuff hopefully you're going to see her doing some college stuff very soon. And, of course, she covers the WNBA. Amy Audibert, who you can follow, at Amy Audibert on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Amy, how are you doing on this, uh, this Monday where uh, the, the mood in, in the country where I'm in is becoming a little bit more tense? Well, listen, I mean, I, so for our listeners who don't know, I'm like five minutes from the border in Niagara Falls. Yes. Um, the mood is very tentier too. Listen, <laughs> we are very affected by anything that happens to our good neighbors. And uh, yeah, the world is, is definitely, or at least in our world over here on the, <laughs> in North America, uh, we're, we're grouping all together. Very, uh, very, yeah, you said the word tense, but I'll, I'm not going to lie to you. Also just, you know, no hoops now for what we're going on two I weeks. Know. And yeah. uh, I think that's, <laughs> let's not lie. <laughs> that's certainly not making things better. There's nothing to do basically from, I mean, for me, I like, I watch college football and I watch a little bit of the NFL. So it's like, all I have is Saturday and Sunday, some yeah. Monday. And it's like, I have to wait until essentially Saturday to get anything else that's real. So now I'm just like on Twitter, like re, I'm on the 538 projections looking at, we're talking about the election people. Um, we're looking at the election <laughs> forecast and then reading all the stories. And then there's a, there's like a, there was a debacle of a debate last week. So Regardless, it is uh, we're we're nearing a uh, a, a point that is going to be remembered in U.S. history, hopefully for uh, good reasons. But we want to remind you guys to get out to vote uh, if you're in the United States, um, or if you're not, if you're eligible to vote in a different country, it's a huge thing, Gabe. In 2016, people that lived in different countries that were not eligible did not vote. It was like something crazy, like three percent, I think, of people. So huh. yes, if you are if your feet are not on American soil, but you are still able to vote, you have to do that. If you have that privilege and you have that right, please exercise it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, get get out to vote if you're if you're voting absentee from another country, as Amy mentioned, because I do forget that that you can do that. Uh, U.S. It's citizens like everywhere. So many vote. It's so many people that it's are living crazy. abroad. Yeah. <laughs> no, I always. I mean, we have a giant. There's giant Xbox communities uh, all over the world. So um, yeah. Y'all vote too, if and hopefully you're watching a uh, women's basketball um, while you're filling out your absentee ballot because there's a lot of things going on in our world despite the WNBA uh, wrapping up and uh, college basketball yet to begin. So today we're going to get um, into some of our favorite rookies from this season later in the in the, the podcast. But first, we want to get to some NCAA news because there has been um, a fair amount of NCAA news that. Is, is coming around um, first and foremost due to 
the coronavirus. Um, and obviously, seasons getting pushed back and players maybe opting out due to their health and safety, due to the health and safety of their family. The NCAA has decided, in a shocking stroke of wisdom, to grant everyone an additional year of eligibility, no strings attached. Um, it, the contours of it, I'm not entirely sure. I think we're going to have to wait until next year to see kind of um, what some what some of the ancillary effects of this are. But basically, everyone gets a free year of eligibility. So if, you, um, if you're a winter athlete, you'll now have uh, five years to complete four seasons of eligibility. Uh, I think this is just a no-brainer move because you don't want players having, feeling like they have to play in order to use up all of their eligibility in a pandemic. Um, so yeah, really, really good move from the NCAA. This happened before the college football season in August, um, but it will affect college basketball players. Um, but Amy, just from a, a planning perspective, um, I know coach for coaches, it's a little, it's a little difficult now because sometimes you want to tell a kid like, Hey, I want you a red shirt so you can get used to college. So you can get used to um, what we're doing here. And now you're not going to redshirt them, but now they're kind of, they're eligible to play. So do you play them? Um, how how would that decision making? How would that change your decision making at all? Well, I think I think every program and every coach's um, staff are going to sit down and say, "What are our goals this year?" Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're a program that was projected to compete for a national championship, probably a little bit different than the one that was picked last with a core of you know, eight underclassmen. Right. And so I think it's going to vary um, from program to program. And the other thing too, is that you certainly don't go into a situation or any season with the mentality of, Oh, it, you know, it doesn't matter because um, we're not, you know, like you're still going to play to compete. At least you'd hope you are. And, um, and so I, I think I, I feel for these coaches because of recruiting what what is your how do you recruit right now not even knowing what your and i know we're going to get into the transfer rules yeah. soon too but like you don't even know what next year looks like now and yeah. and let alone this year you, you don't know number one like conference schedules at least the power fives i believe are not out yet right mm-hmm. like i mean i haven't seen i haven't seen yeah. any schedules so i mean you don't even know um what your conference schedule looks like will they have a way to have an NCAA tournament? I don't know. Like there's just so much. And the other thing too, Gabe is, is things are changing. Like it almost feels like by the week. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so what are your short-term goals and what are your long-term goals? And I think you almost have to focus on the short-term goals right now. And, and for every program that looks a little bit different at the end of the day, so happy to see like especially on social media you've got programs posting you know that they're out there on the court mm-hmm. and and i think that the coaches the staff and the players especially like really really look forward to that and in some ways need that and so i think that that's great to see that um as long as it's being done safely that that programs are out there and then starting to compete yeah no i think i think it is nice to get everyone back on the court um and like you mentioned i think uh, like it may not be this season where you're going to have to make some decisions, but it's really down the road because you're recruiting people for years, for years and years. So you got, you know, I don't know how you, how you're going to sell things as terms of, well, this player is going to be here and that player is going to be there. So you're going to have X amount of playing time. It's hard to plan like two or three years down the road harder uh, than it is for 2021, I guess is really when the season's going to take place. 
I have seen that UConn actually has some of their schedule out, so that's good. They're starting on November 28th. Um, there's going to be conference though, right? Like non-conference. Yeah. We haven't seen, we haven't seen the conference schedules yet. Um, so we'll, you know, throw your hands up and, and just say, Hey, it's gonna, um, we'll see what it is, what, when it is. Um, but the other thing that you mentioned that I did want to get into was, uh, that the NCA is closer to, um, a new rule that will allow division one athletes in all sports to transfer to a new school and compete immediately without having to sit out the one year as it has been. Um, so right now the situation is for all players in, in men's basketball, women's basketball, um, and football and baseball and hockey, they all have to, uh, they are required to sit out for one season when they transfer to a new school, unless the NCAA grants them a waiver for a multitude of reasons. There's many reasons that it could happen. Um, notably, the NCAA has been granting a lot more waivers in college football, for example. Um, it also has been granting more waivers across sports that they've become more understanding as to um, player situations. So, you, But be now it would be that you don't even have to get the waiver. You can transfer once and compete in the next year. So, Amy, uh, we're going to have very different <laughs> views on this. Yes. We're going we're going to have very different views on this, uh, and it's probably going to take us to a break in a little bit. But the, I think the, que- the first question is, um, is this a good thing start? Well, from the coach's perspective, we talked about planning in the segment. Let's keep it there. How hard is it going to be for a coach now to plan for the future with recruiting with this transfer rule? Well, I'm not a coach, so I can't sit here and tell you, but it, I believe it's going to be incredibly difficult. I right. believe that th- there's going to be different pressures now. Um, coaches have had to evolve a lot, um, especially in the last, I want to say, what, five years or so, um, just with the way that they talk, um, the way that they carry themselves. And, and don't get me wrong, like I do think that you always want to be respectful, but there are different coaching styles out there. And, um, and now add this, right. It's going to be really, I mean, it's frustrating. I I know that there are a lot of college. I wanted to coach college, but then I was like, I don't want to recruit. Like, I don't want to play that game. It's gotten like 50 times worse now because you're going to be recruiting kids that, you know, at the end of the day are thinking to themselves, if I don't like it, I'll just leave. Mm -hmm. How do you have any kind of consistency in a program or foundation? Um, unless you get the total buy-in like, and that means that you are recruiting studs and stars or pro or kids that you feel that are going to fit your program the best. Most of the time, that means the first year ain't going to go so smooth. It's Mm going to be tough. Coach's going to get on you. Maybe that you never heard before. You're not going to get the minutes that you thought maybe you should have gotten. And you know what the answer is going to be now? Just leave, just leave. No problem. No consequence. Just leave. And, and I have a hard time as a, you know, as a person of commitment um, with that in the back of my mind, right? Like even going to call games, when you go call a game, when I go call a game and I see an underclassman and I'm going, hey, if they just stick it out, they're going to be really, really good. They're going to fit in great here. They, but I don't know if people always see it that way. And especially kids and their families. And, and, and when you look at that 
upper, you know, that top really talented kid, not even just their families, their undercover agent, their uncle who's managing them already. Right. Right. Like I just, I, I, I under, I, I'm, and I know that we view differently and trust me, I've really in the last week yeah. tried to see the other side. I actually like, so I have a mentor who I love. He is a, he was on D- Billy Donovan's staff at Florida. He's an assist. He coached everywhere. Like he coached, you know, mid-major coastal Carolina, power fives, Penn state, Notre Dame, and Florida. His name's Lewis Preston. He's one of my mentors and also really good friend. And I just talked to him recently about it because I always try to pick his brain Mm -hmm. when I feel a certain way, but I know a lot of other people feel another way. (laughs) And especially I don't, I don't trust anyone's college basketball opinion more than him. And he said, on your side of things, everyone deserves a second chance. So People make mistakes, they go to the wrong place, they don't fit in well, and everyone deserves that second chance. But the problem is, he said, he told me that wrong decisions are made a lot of times because you get bad advice. And where's the agenda? Is it money? Mm -hmm. Is it connections? Is it playing time? And this is where things are going to get really blurred right now. You are going to be allowed to make bad decisions through through bad advice. And it's, you're, there's going to be no accountability. Go somewhere else. Okay. Um, we do have to hit a break. Sorry. I have a response. I have a response to all of this. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, we're gonna hit a we're gonna hit a quick break here on Locked On Women's Basketball, and we will be back to discuss more about the NCAA's uh, new rules here for transfers. Have you ever had a candy bar and thought, man, that was delicious? I just wish that was healthy. Well, our friends at Built Bar have the solution for you. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. And guess what? It's healthy. It's perfect for the health conscious person looking to maintain or lose weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. Great for a keto diet. And if you're doing a keto diet, during the pandemic, just amazing for you. Very proud of you. Way to go. The Built Bar also has offering six new flavors as caramel, brownie, cookies, and cream. Cherry Barsha, which I'm not sure what that is, but it sounds delicious. There's an almond, uh, apple almond crisp, carrot cake, lemon almond cheesecake, anything to satisfy your tasty needs while also getting you a healthy snack. So make sure to grab a Built Bar when you are at the grocery store or go to BuiltBar.com. There you can get uh, potentially a free cooler with purchase. Uh, that's while supplies last. Or you can use the promo code Locked On. You'll get $10 off your next order. So use the promo code locked on for $10 off at builtbar.com and enjoy the best tasting protein bar ever. Welcome back to Locked On Women's Basketball. Uh, we are the Monday show on this lovely, lovely program. And throughout the rest of the week, Eric Ayala and Howard Megdell, we bringing up uh, the rest of the shows on this on this podcast. So, um, you know, we're we're still doing the same things we've been doing and it's a fantastic program so just smash that subscribe button on whatever um whatever things people use now to listen to stuff spotify stitcher tune in itunes whatever um so i did want to respond to what amy was saying before the break about um the transfer rule and i think I, i'm i have a lot of obviously i have a lot of different opinions as someone coming up from outside of the sport but I just believe that it yes, there is gonna be just more people that more players that are gonna have um less accountability as to some mistakes that they've made, perhaps. 
Um, there's going to be more tra- – I'm, I'm assuming there's going to be slightly more transfers. Although, at this point in the NCAA's uh, history right now, players are pretty much allowed to do this. J- just like, frankly, like most players are allowed to get that transfer. Like, you don't need much of a reason to say, I'm leaving a program – um, especially at the higher end, at the higher end of football, men's basketball, and women's basketball. If you're a high-end player with a big following and you want to leave, the NCAA is not getting in your way because they just don't – they would rather let you transfer than let than have some sort of scene happening. Um, so really where this affects is the sort of um, down roster players who maybe aren't don't have that sort of platform because they have – you know, because they're not as good. So then when they want to transfer, for whatever reason, they will run into more problems. For example, a player um, that transferred to Virginia Tech for football to be closer to his mother because she had cancer was actually denied a, a waiver to play immediately at Virginia Tech. He can still sit out and, and then go and play, but just seems like it was very inequitable for him to not be able to get that tra- that waiver when someone like Justin Fields, who's a top-end player, was able to get that transfer for somewhat of a flimsy waiver um, case. But I, I think the thing that you mentioned to me that resonates the most is that coaches are now going to have to get real buy-in from recruits. And frankly, to me, that's a positive to me. Because now you're, as a coach, you're only recruiting the players that are, have the character to fit into your program and who are gonna, you're going to have to be more straight up with them in terms of saying, this is the plan. Obviously, as you mentioned before, COVID kind of throws these plans into a loop. But in the future, you're going to have to say, look, this is the plan with you. I think you can play as a freshman, but you may not end up playing as a freshman. And if you're not okay with that, you can let me know, and then we can, we can figure out some, something that perhaps maybe a different school is better for you. But I think it'll lead to more honesty with a coach and saying, this is who I am. This is the person that I am. So if you don't like it, don't come. If you don't like what I'm doing, if you don't like perhaps if you're a coach that um, gets on your player's by yelling for for example or runs them really hard or whatever you have to say hey look this is how i run my program and i think there are plenty of basketball players and football players and hockey players and every player that say i want that i want that that coach in my life to say that's going to get on me that's going to make sure that i need to do x y and z to to make sure that i get better so i think um it'll actually lead to more honesty in the recruiting and then, frankly, to me, I just don't see how it's equitable for an athlete to have to sit out a year. It just seems to me like, hey, look, we may have all these beliefs about we want more accountability. We want players to, to understand the ramifications of their actions. But we don't require that for anyone else in any other stage in life. If you want to leave a job, you can. If you want to leave a coaching job, if your coach wants to leave – the coach can. If you're a player at a mid, if you're a coach at a mid major and you want to take the next step in your career by going to coach at a high major team, you can do that. But the athlete cannot. They have to sit out a year. So to me, it just seems inequitable for both coaches to be able to do that. And literally any other student, any other student can do this. Like if you are some sort of great musician at the University of Miami, which has a great music school and you want to move to LA, you can just transfer to UCLA and be part of the music program there, whatever you're doing, right? So to me, it's just an, an equity thing in terms of athletes being treated as more normal students than they have been. All right. I'm just going to – two things, okay? No, I'll start with an example. My best friend um, all through college 
Jill Robinson, now David, was a volleyball player, one of my best friends. Mm-hmm. And she, um, you know, we, we got it in. We, we had fun, but we were always on opposite seasons. So, like, summer was great. And um, after, like, in the springtime. And mm-hmm. our senior year, when we were both done in the springtime, we had, I remember, multiple, multiple conversations where we both said, my gosh, this is the only time in our lives where we're going to pick up a check sure. or doing nothing. When you're a student athlete, you get everything. Like if you're on a full scholarship, you, you don't, you, you get your rent paid for, you get mm-hmm. your clothes, you get your education. So yeah, they're held to a different standard, but they also live a different life because but yeah, not, you can go, I, well, but hold no, hold on. On. I got, yeah, but you pay for your rent. Do you pay for no, your rent? No, I don't. You, no, 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 no. I'm talking about right now. When you talk oh, about now, like you can just go leave your job and you can just go do this. Student yeah. athletes or students on full scholarships are held to a different standard. But and I wasn't. As a, stu- as a, as a student on a full scholarship, I could still do whatever the hell I wanted. I just had to okay, get but, decent enough grades. Yeah, but if you decided to transfer, Miami's not paying for your scholarship anymore. No, but someone else would probably be. Yeah. I just, I feel like there's different, I feel like you can't compare it because the lifestyle is completely different. Everything's different when you're, it is. when you're a student athlete. The other thing I would tell you is with coaches um, being more honest when they recruit, I, I mean, m- coaches were very honest with me through my mm-hmm. recruiting process. I, for the most, most of the coaches, I, I get to talk to a lot of college coaches. Um, I have a hard time believing that they go in, into people's living rooms and, and aren't truthful. Um, the diff- the problem is, is that a lot of players think they're different. Yeah. Coach said, I might not be able to play, but I'm, you know, I'm having yeah. 25 right now. And I think that you don't understand how tough it is until you're actually there. Coach can say, Hey, it's going to be tough to get up at five o'clock in the morning, come do some strength and conditioning, hit class for four hours, go to individuals like, Oh yeah, that's going to be tough. No, no, no you don't realize how tough it is until you're actually doing it. And I think that that's the part that where it's tough for coaches can be honest. I I believe for the most part, they have been, Hey, listen, we've got three centers that are, you know, yeah, you can come in and compete, but it's going to be tough. But I just, I, I, I understand what you're saying and I'm not disagreeing with you, but I, I don't think those things are, I don't think those, no, (laughs) I don't think those things are not happening right now. No, I just I, think I, this is giving, I think this is giving young people an easier, just like less accountability. The one thing that my, the one thing I really do agree with Gabe here it, um, with the new rules is that for an order for a student athlete to transfer without facing any, you know, consequence in terms of sitting out a year is they have to be academically eligible. Yes. And I think that that's the NCAA doing what they have to do, right? Yeah. Saying that they, they care about the student, you know, the whole, where you're a student before you're an athlete. Well, this is true, right? If you're, if you're in school or if you're playing somewhere and you're not taking care of business in classroom, you can't just leave. Yeah. And I do agree with that. Um, I, it certainly um, motivates these younger people to, I hate calling, I call them kids. I don't like calling them kids. They're not kids, they're young adults. <laughs> these young adults to take care of business in the classroom as well. Because if you do want to transfer, you better be able to, you better be eligible to transfer. And that means that you've taken care of business. So I do agree with that. I understand that. I get what you're saying, but I guess, um, 
and the system is broken. So yeah, it does need to get fixed. I don't know if this is it. I think this is just creating a wild, wild west more than it already is. You said it's already happening. Now yeah. it's a lot less paperwork and now it's a lot less um, tougher decisions um, or even like more time to really decide if this is the right move for you. Maybe if they said you can transfer after your sophomore year. Because what you don't want is, and then I think we're going to see it, you're going to see freshmen just saying, oh, yeah. hey, I don't like this. I'm, I'm gone. Bounce. And yeah, I just, but if, if, have, if someone says that, though, like, how much do you actually want them in your program? If someone gets there and they're like, I just don't like it here, then get the hell out. Get, get out. Like, we don't no, want you. We don't want you here's the, the thing. Go find me freshmen who actually love it, though. It's so hard. It's exhausting. It's demanding. You get you don't get a lot of rewards. I mean, that's real life sometimes, though. Yeah. So I understand. I hated my freshman year. I was. I don't even know why the heck I went back. I really don't know why I went back. I was so unhappy. I was so homesick. You know, like we were a top 25 team. I never got on the court. I hated it. But I still went back. I still yeah. made myself. I still, I still forced myself. And my parents, they didn't force me, but... You know, you, I think we think you should just try one more year. And my sophomore year, I fell in love with everything. But if this whole like concept of just like, just go somewhere else, no problem. Maybe I would have went somewhere else. And I think for some people in some situations, of course, that's the right thing to do. But if it's things like you're homesick, it's things like it's too hard. Coaches mean to me, my team, I don't really like fit in. I don't feel like I fit in. I felt a lot of those things, but I guess maybe that, and that's why I'm biased towards this. At least say until after your sophomore year. If you give it two years and you really hate it, fine. But what you don't want is 17, 18 year olds saying, this was too tough, I'm out. I, I, this is the last thing because we, we have to get a break yeah. and we're going, we're going long today. We're going long today, it doesn't matter. Um, I just think we're dealing with high level people. I don't think you get to this point in life where you're getting a full ride to a division one school without being a high level, in most cases, high character person like yourself, who's going to say, cause you, frankly, you could have transferred regardless. If you, if you were really homesick, if you, you could have transferred and just say, Hey, I'm gonna sit out of here. I'm not sure that was a big, a big uh, deterrent to you. Right. If you, in that case, if you're transferring because of those reasons, mm-hmm. If you're transferring for playing time, that's a little different. And I don't think there's that many people transferring for playing time for what it's worth. But that's not what, that's my point here is we're dealing with high level individuals who do have that character to say, I'm going to stick it out because this is what's best for me. I'm going to stick it out because I believe in this coach and I believed in this coach last year. I think we're dealing with, with, you know, like you mentioned, they're not kids. They're not kids. Like, these kids have done so much to already earn the opportunity that they're being given that I don't think that they're going to transfer willy nilly for, for no reason. I think they're going to transfer because, Hey, maybe, you know, this is not the right fit for me as a program. Hey, maybe this, the coaching staff is running a different sort of system than I don't want. Or maybe it's like, Hey, you know, I want to go, I'm at too big of a school right now. I'm, I, I want, I felt better as a smaller fish in a bigger pond than being a bigger fish in a, in a small pond. Uh, I mean, a, the small fish in a big pond. So I think, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's yeah. like, I think we're dealing with kids that we can, or, or young adults that we can trust with these decisions for the most part. Yeah, there's going to be some things on the on the fringes that, you know, hey, maybe one or two players are going to leave. But at the end of the day, um, I think it, it just benefits, it benefits the athletes. And it does, it hurts the coaches. I, I don't want to diminish that. It hurts coaches. It's really tough. It hurts fans. But, it hurts, it hurts fans. I don't know. Yeah, but does, 
Okay. You, let's, how, wait, wait, yeah. Amy, 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 let's, let's get into that. We're, <laughs> we're going to issue the whole WNBA rookie conversation because we got a lot to say on this. All right, we're going to take a break. Welcome back to Locked on Women's Basketball, where Amy and I are having a lively uh, debate here about the transfer rules in the NCAA. Um, so I, I just said that I think, you know, the transfer rules aren't going to change too much because we're dealing with uh, players of, we're dealing with people that are high level people that understand, um, you know, they're going to understand they can be trusted with these decisions. Amy's been talking about how, how tough it's going to be on coaches and kind of um, the sort of accountability gap that we are creating for these players and what's, you know, and potentially the off ramps that we are creating for these players and the, the negative effects of that. Um, but you also brought up something right at the end of the segment um, before that I wanted you to, to talk about. So you said it, it'd be tougher for fans now to to um if these transfer rules are in place and i want to ask you why you think that is because i have the exact opposite opinion i'm very very strongly i have strong feelings about this okay so you i'm assuming then you're the fan that doesn't necessarily cares less about who's on the court just as long as you get wins you know Uh, like every year's a reset because i know a lot of i see it all the time gabe i see fans and i think it's obviously a bit more um a bit more noticeable on the women's side because you do get um season ticket holders who know the players so well and who invest in who they are and they know about their families and they talk to their you know like they talk to their families Mm -hmm. and they wait after or before games it's going to be really hard especially when the rookie you get to know rookies how many times how many times is going to happen where you get to know a rookie and you like you know you you feel like you're part of the team or you feel like you, you really like this kid and then they grow on Mm-hmm. I guess I don't know. Maybe I'm just so I've been so conditioned, especially as a Miami Heat fan. Like, yeah, but you're talking like, about pro sports. Well, but it, it's this it's the same kind of deal for the Miami. Let's talk about Miami Hurricanes football, right? Like, our current best players are transferred from Houston that I had heard of and I had watched him, and now he came to my school and I love the kid. And it's not it's not just because he's winning; it's because he's a great he's a he's a great kid in De'Ara King. Like I love. I love his leadership. I love who he is as a person. I'm really glad that he is playing in, in my team's jersey. Football is a way different beast than basketball. There's 12 players, 12 to 15 on a okay. team. As a fan, you can kind of have a bit more accessibility to them. Football Let's is talk about Jack different. McClinton. Okay, Jack go McClinton, ahead. My, See, my, one of my favorite players ever to wear the Miami Hurricanes. And I know Jack personally because yeah. I played at the same time as Jack. That's your maybe, that is one of your fewer ex, ex, uh, exceptions. Jack McClinton went to Manhattan, a Metro Atlantic right? Was it Manhattan? I think it was Sienna. 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 Sorry, Sienna. Sienna. I knew it was a green. Went to Sienna, rookie of the year in the conference, like blew it up and had to go higher level. I understand that. That was the right move for him. I get that. I I, I hear you. But also too, like after Jack's first year, it was clear to everybody that he was in the wrong place. Sure. That's going to happen. I understand that. But it's why too, right? Is it because this is too hard? But I, don't, I think that's what I'm saying. I don't think most players are transferring because of it. Like De'Ara King, I, and, and football's different, I understand. He didn't transfer from Houston because it was too hard. He transferred because he felt it was time for him to move on and, and go take on a different challenge, and he did that, and that was great yeah. for him. Beatrice I don't think Mom, that's the consistent story, though. I think it is, though. Like, I think Beatrice most players are doing Baylor. Like, he was at Houston. No, Beatrice. Beatrice. Oh, Beatrice. Beatrice yeah. was at Houston. Was at, um, Baylor and yeah. and then she why well, it probably was that she couldn't really get that, as much playing time correct I don't remember what 
what her uh, transfer situation was. Um, but she had to, she had to leave. And I think I just to me, it's like, I, as a fan, I'm going to love, if you come to my school for a day, or if you come to my school for five years and you work and you show leadership and you care about what you're doing and your teammates, I'm going to love you. Cause that to me is like, that's all I care about. Right. Like I just want to love, are you going to love the kid that leaves after a year or two that sure. does all those things for one year and then leaves your team? Yeah. And yeah. Lawrence really? Cager is on Georgia. Lawrence Cager, why we see here for university of Miami transfer to Georgia. I'm rooting for him at Georgia. Cause it's like, Hey, I understand, man. Like if you got to go somewhere because it's better for you, go do it, go do it. And to me, it's just like, I want, and I'm different. I'm a little different because I in free agency, I'm the same way. Like if a player leaves my team in, in sports free agency, I'm like, I hope you do great. Like I still love LeBron despite him leaving my team. But it's like, <laughs> I just want, I, I, if you come here and you work hard and you show that you are, you are the, the person that we recruited and then you say, hey, maybe it's, it's, it's time to go somewhere else. I understand. I'm not going to get mad about that. So to me, I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for laundry. I guess is a, the Jerry Seinfeld saying like, you're just rooting for laundry. And I, I am, I am. I root for the green and orange. Whoever's in the green and orange, that's who I root for. Whoever's in uh, the heat red and black, that's who I root for. And if, if it's a different person every year, it's a different person every year because that's life. But to me, I, I'm, I don't find it more difficult. Um, and I, I kind of love it when like, you know, I get to see someone, uh, hey, hey, that guy went to Miami or that guy was recruited by Miami or that, that, that woman would – transferred to Miami like Beatrice Mom Premier she played in Miami for like 19 games but now I love her right like she's my yeah. she's my girl I talk about her all the time so yeah. it's like it doesn't to me I'm I'm I know I realize like I'm rooting for laundry I think a lot of fans are there but I do I, I get it I understand that's hard to build the relationships as much yeah I understand I I like I said I I understand what you're saying I'm not I'm not against it I'm just adding an extra layer to this whole like wild wild west that's why I keep calling it because that's what it is my mind got boggles your glass is half full here and mine's half yeah. empty on believing that this is for the betterment of the student athlete. I think this is at the end of the day, the betterment for the NCAA because they want to make, they, they let's not forget. Now you're seeing on the men's side, you're seeing top recruits before yeah. COVID go to the G league, yeah. go to the pro path program. And the NCAA wants the best kids playing in March. We're talking mm -hmm. about basketball, right? So, um, who is this really favoring? I think it's favoring the kid down, down the roster. Who's mm -hmm. like, so I it's don't win, win. It's win for the player. Cause they get to do whatever the heck they want. And it's win for the NCAA because as long as the best players it's, are playing college basketball, that's, that's what they care. About. It's a It's a loss for the coaches, which sucks. <laughs> I, I do appreciate that. I'm sorry, coaches. Um, but you know what you, you, uh, you guys are very talented, high, high level people. And I believe in you. Uh, to to navigate the seas of of transfer portal, um, man, like leadership admirable. is so important. We know this. We can agree yeah. on this, right, Gabe? Leadership is so important. Coaches are leaders of programs. We are consistently making things every couple years. It feels like harder and harder for coaches. Our best coaches, guess what? They're not going to want to coach anymore. They're going to take my job and probably do it know. better anyways. We need to keep our best coaches. And we just keep making things harder and harder. And they are the leaders. They are the leaders in our game. And now we're I making guess. it harder for them. Like but the thing is, like, who, how many people? How many people are actually transferring from UConn that would have we're, made a big difference in the program? Like, how many? We'll see. We'll see. Like, now that this is starting again, we'll see. And you're hauling. You can't compare UConn to the other like 
well, how many teams? Like UConn's on a different, like, you know what I mean? Like you're talking, like they are their own self. They're their own brand and they've earned it. They're their own brand though. I did not know Lynn Dunn coached in Miami. Sorry. Yes. That's I love Lynn here Dunn. I'm better. Uh, but, <laughs> but my point, my point was going to be like, how many kids transfer from Katie Myers program in Miami? And that's a program that you could see players using as a stepping stone to say, I'm going to go to Duke. I'm going to go to, you know, but why? they're consistently like a top 25 program. So how many kids are transferring from there? I just say like, right. Like if Katie Myers not we'll losing see. transfers, well, I think I just don't think it's going to be that many because she's a good coach and she's someone that you can trust. And, you know, she's not going to like stockpile talent to the point where there's talent that has to leave. Hold on a second. But that's what you have to do as a coach. You have to go find the bet. You don't go recruit a kid yeah. that's going to be number 12 to be like, eh, I just need to, even though I always say if I'm a, if I was a coach, <laughs> I would, I would recruit a kid yeah. and be like, listen, you're just a beast and you're probably not going to play, but come, you know, like there are kids out like there too. But yeah. like as a coach, again, makes it harder because now you go into positions where it's like, you always play that fine line of you need to get the top talent, but you also need to get kids that you believe are going to actually buy into your program. If that means you get your tail kicked for two years before you actually get to start really feeling the glory of playing mm-hmm. time. I mean, this is a whole new ball game for coaches and recruiters. We'll see. I'm interested. I'm interested in what's going to happen because I think I hope I'm I think, wrong. <laughs> I think we're. I think we're just going to look up in five years and be like, oh, this isn't that different, is it? Um, except for you know, actually, there's a lot of other changes that the NCAA is probably going to make in the next couple of years that are going to make it very, very different in college sports. But that is not what this podcast was about. Um, I, I, yeah, I love talking hoops with you, Amy, but I, I like when we stumble upon things that um, we're really contentious about because uh, I think it makes for good. We, we have differing viewpoints, but again, I, I think all of your, I think all of your points are valid. And I think um, either, either way this could go right or wrong. Um, and we'll see the decisions. Decision hasn't yet been made, but it's probably going to be approved here um, before the basketball season starts in late November. Um, and then we'll see we'll see what's going on. And then we'll talk about those those rookies uh, that we were going to talk about uh, next Monday when we are back on the show tomorrow. You got Eric Ayala uh, bringing up Locked On Women's Basketball. If you want to follow the podcast, follow it at Locked On WBB on Twitter. And guys, we'll talk to you next week. Um, so have a good weekend and vote, vote.